0: i
1: And I said, stand right now. We're going to open with prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for bringing us here to the, um, for this day. Um, we just thank you for your presence. Let us just set everything else aside, um, anything that's going on in life, anything that's going on in our minds, and our hearts, or whatever. And God, let us just focus on you, and let us just worship you. We thank you, and we ask for your presence to come here, fill this place. And, um, and we just want to have, have a good time in serving you. In Christ's name, amen. everyone. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead and praise. I'm going to ask that everybody sit down right now because we got a baptism today. And while you're sitting down, you'll say hi to somebody near you. Parents and or godparents, here they are, look at them, right away, they're good, I don't know how to say it, you guys are saving me time today, that's awesome, hey girl, why don't you smile and give me them dimples, there we are, okay, you can stand over here, you can come over here, I won't bite much, all
2: right,
1: she's set, how you doing, man, all right, all right, everyone, um, so um, we're here and we have Sophia, Michelle Reynolds, right, is that you, that's what I thought. And do you have somebody else with you? Henry Darrell, right? He's over there. So Reynolds, yep, that's right. Okay, so. Um, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we personally and together acknowledge the saving grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The saving grace is God's free gift, Yes, it's offered to us without a price. Um, it's free to us, but it costs Christ his life. So we don't. Um, the, I've always mentioned the, the great theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you want to read about a, a really incredible person, read about him. He was in Nazi Germany. Um, he was a pastor uh, during World War II. He was actually here and could have gotten political asylum, but went back to speak out against the ills that were being done. And, it, and right before the camp was liberated, he actually lost his life. But he, he's, um, he's an amazing person. And he coined this term that grace from God is under deserve love and favor, but it's not, it's free, but it's not cheap because it costs Christ his life. So through baptism, we are identified with Christ and his church and incorporated in God's mighty acts of salvation. The water symbolizes washing and cleansing as circumcision was in the Old Testament as a sign. And it also is a symbol for us in the New, um, New Testament as making us pure from sin. Children are a gift from God. And I said that's. I've always said that's something you need to remember when they're teenagers. Um, so they are a gift from God. And Psalm 127:3 proclaims, "Sons are a heritage from the Lord, and children are a reward from Him." So as believers, we are called to recognize that children um, belong first and foremost to God Himself. And God, in His goodness, gives um, children to parents as gifts. They're not, we, as parents, we not only have the awesome responsibility of caring for this gift, but also the wonderful privilege of enjoying that gift as well. Um, I know, I know as, uh, who here is, has, been a parent or is a parent, all right? Anybody, uh, grandparents, um, my dad used to say, if I knew having grandchildren was so much fun, I would have them first. Um, but, but, it, but everything I've seen when I talk to someone, it's like, um, and I know as a parent, there's nothing more than you want is for your kids to do better than you did in life. And there's nothing more that's better than that than for your grandchildren to do that as well. And so there's this um, wonderful thing that we get to enjoy that. Um, they not only have the awesome, as I said, they, we get to enjoy this gift. But because children belong to God and are given as grace gifts um, to parents from God, it's only proper and appropriate that as we dedicate those children back to God. So we're told in 1 Samuel that Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. And in Luke 2.22, we read that Mary and Joseph brought their baby, Jesus, to the temple in order to present him before the Lord. In the same way, Matt and Samantha, along with godparents, we have Dean and is that Schuyler Is that right? Huh? Skyler. Skyler. Okay, Skylar, awesome. And Scott and Mackenzie, um, now, uh, uh, both Matt and Samantha are bringing their, their daughter. That's Sophia right here, right? and their son, Henry, and they're presenting them for, um, they're presenting themselves and ultimately both Sophia and Henry before the Lord. So, um, we are here to recognize as the body of Christ that, um, they belong to each, um, that, uh, as the body of Christ, that Sophia and Henry are being brought by their parents and godparents to be baptized. Um, as and, and this is something that is done in family, in the family of of the of God. It's in the church, and so as the family of God, we recognize that um, God's love is already at work in their lives. We pray for the day that when Sophia and Henry will um, mature and respond to the saving grace of God, accept it, and accepting Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior and Lord, um, and so and then pledge their own life of faithful discipleship. And so I'd ask that you bow with me right now for a prayer. Um, and so, Lord God, um, look, Father, look down upon the, your church and unseal for us the fountain of, of baptism. By the power of your Holy Spirit, bless this gift of water. Bless both Sophia and Henry who receive it so that in the sacrament of baptism, your Holy Spirit will protect and guide them in their journey with Christ. Amen. Amen. So I got some things to say to you guys here, to the, to the big people here. All right, we'll get them first, okay? Does that work for you? Okay, good. All right. Um, so let me see here, um, Matt and Samantha. And let me see here, uh, Dean and Skyler, right? I get that right? Um, as We'll start with Sophia first. As members of the covenant community of God, through your own confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, will you nurture Sophia Michelle Reynolds in Christ's Holy Church, that by your teaching and your example, that she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her faith openly, and lead to a Christian life? If so, say we will. Awesome. All right. Now, uh, for the rest of you here, Matt, Samantha, Scott, and McKenzie, as members of the covenant community of God through f- your own confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, will you nurture Henry Darrell Reynolds in Christ's Holy Church that by your teaching and, always the hardest part, your example, that he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself and profess his faith openly that leads to a Christian life? If so, say we will. Awesome. Okay, so I, I, I always like in churches, because we, we tell people to say things. Um, some of you may have got married that way. You know, you said, <laughs> I do, and you're wondering why you're there. Um, but, um, but, like, we tell people something, and then they say it, and then we go ahead and explain it. And what they said is that they recognize all that stuff that we talked about before, that um, these children are, are gifts to them, and that they're here, and they're saying, we want to go ahead and... Um, and we're, we're not only going to recognize that gift, but we're going to take responsibility for that. I've always said just as they're responsible for, for cleaning and nourishing and educating and all that kind of stuff, they're also responsible for the spiritual upbringing. And we forget that a lot of times because that's the thing that lasts for eternity not just the thing left for here. So, to the rest of you, to the covenant community of faith gathered here, that's everybody else here, will you sura- surround both everybody here and also Sophia and Henry um, before you Is the community, love, and forgiveness that this place may be a place if they choose that they may grow in their trust and commitment to God. If so, say we will. We will. All right, what you said is that you're going to help make it happen, that you're going to go ahead and make this a place. You're going to use the gifts God's given you to help them uh, live this out if this is where they choose to do so. Okay? All right. Sophia, you want to come here? Come on. Want <laughs> me stand over here and you can be on that side of the table. Come here. Look, here. You want to put your hand in the water? Come on, you can go ahead and do that. You can come with Dad. You can bring Dad over. Yeah. All right. See? There so we go. So I'm going to put that on your head, okay? And, and it's a symbol that, you know, just to, uh, it's, it's, you know, you like, you know, like bath time? You like bath time? I don't have any toys for you up here to play with in the bath time, but but, all right. So here we go. All right. Sophia Michelle Reynolds, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How's that? All right. All right. And Henry, come on over. Uh, I'm going to have to have you hold him anyway because I just had surgery. So bring him over here, and my wife might attack me and knock me down. So take me back. So how you doing? Man, look at that hair. All right. So, all right. Henry, Daryl Reynolds, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son Uh-oh. and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. What do you think? All right, you ready? I'm going to sing a song for you. Is that okay? All right. Ready? Jesus, draw me close, closer,
0: Lord, to you. Let the world around me fade away. Jesus, draw me
1: close, closer, Lord, to you. For I desire to worship and obey. You like that? It wasn't too bad, was it? All right. All right. So usually I take a walk with them, but I'm not taking a walk with them um, today. Um, but what we have here, we have a couple things that are here for um, for them. We have um, certificates recognizing this day, and we also have flowers for mom. So um, I'll pass these off. Scott, you look like you, you need something to do. There you go. Um, and um, and so I know everybody wants to get, get a hold of them, but you know how people are, you know, everybody thinks they can grab babies, and it's like women who are pregnant, everybody thinks you can touch their belly, you know, all that stuff. Don't do that. That's creepy. Um, so but um, but let's just welcome them in here. We're thrilled that we have an opportunity to celebrate it this day. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you guys.
3: It's on. Um, We're going to, I have some special prayer requests that we had today. Put it to my mouth. <laughs> okay. I'm getting better. I didn't fall down coming up, but going down is another story. Um, first, um, myself, I want to lift a praise to God that my girlfriend, Kim, was had her surgery this week, and they got all of her cancer out. So I'm just, <laughs> yay. Um, and... A special happy birthday to my husband Ron, who must be on security duty because he's not where he belongs. And uh, for Jack, continued healing and repair, we're glad to have you back today. Um, you can hold your applause. No, <laughs> sorry. Um, and Joanne, uh, we want to lift Shane and Angel Edwards for the sudden loss of their son, Shane Jr., and for the entire Edwards family. Jen. Once conti- has asked for continued prayers for Randy Fluker. He uh, was a member of our church for a long time, and he is recovering from two brain surgeries, and it's a real struggle. So we really want to lift Randy and keep him in our hearts and in our prayers. Um, June, her granddaughter Amber had emergency hand surgery due to an accident on the job, and also we have praises that they are having a new great grandson coming today, yay, (laughs) this morning, okay, this morning, yay, okay, and I'm back to the beginning, so let us bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing church, just the absolute Holy Spirit we feel that's here today, the baptism of two absolutely beautiful babies into a beautiful family, and let us become their community family in, in God's name. Be with those who we have lifted for healing. Be with those who are grieving the loss of a loved one, as we know how hard it is to lose. Be with those who could not be here today and they're watching online. Bless them. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, watch over each and every one of us every day as we walk on the journey, and we are your disciples as we reach out to others to come to Jesus and find the peace in our hearts that you want us to have. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: All right, let's take a look at what's happening. All right, um, a couple of things. I, I, Kathy did say that um, with Paris Foundation, what like six, six more are needed um, lunches. so thank you all for preparing those and um, there's six more outstanding, and so I greatly appreciate um, you guys doing all that. Um, also, um, you might see in front of you there's a QR code that is in front of you. this is a different one. this is for today's um, service. If you want to click on that, you can go ahead and get the bulletin digitally, our worship guide digitally. And then the one in front of you, unless you're in the front row, is um, to uh, download the church app, which has Tons of stuff on it, and really it's a great way to keep you connected and to go ahead and, and, you know, you may want to go back and look at old sermons or whatever. Uh, You may get bored of mine today and say, I want to hear Wes, because he did such a great job last week. And um, and so um, he he did a fantastic job, so I was really thrilled that Wes filled in. Um, And then... um, and it's a great way to have the prayer request to update all kinds of information. So it, um, we'd love for everybody, if you're just visiting today, go ahead and connect to that because it's a great opportunity to do so. I also want to lift up, we had had on our, our prayer list for um, some time, I think I, might, I may have mentioned this, uh, the week after Easter. Um, we found out, so I'm not sure, but I put on the prayer list after that. But Gary Stump, who was somebody who we prayed for for several years, Gary was my mom and dad's a uh, neighbor across the road down in Dover. And Gary um, has had uh, a back-and-forth battle with... Um, with cancer, esophageal uh, uh, cancer and other kinds of things, and he was doing really well, had a clean bill of health in December, and by the end of January he had a metastasized and gone through. And so Gary passed on, um, but he was he was an online member of church and connected, I know Reagan Sarah um, Mullen connected him with him very well, and so we celebrated his life yesterday um, as well. So um, be with his sister Karen and everybody everybody else who's um, there. And also, thank you for your prayers for me. For those of you who don't know, I had um, what was supposed to be a two-hour kidney uh, kind of surgery. It ended up being four and a half for some complications. And I've got a nice scar that's going to have all kinds of um, good stories to it. That none of it's about surgery. It's all going to be about me saving somebody in a knife fight, so don't worry about that. <laughs> but... Um, uh, But anyway, thank you. Um, I'm still a little bit weaker, but I feel good. Um, I'm feeling better, and I'm still on this side of the dirt, as they say. And um, and so um, I'm just uh, thank you all for all your prayers and calls and all that good stuff. All right, you ready to go? Trade tables up and seats in locked right position. Here we go. Take off. All right. We have been um, in the midst of a series on the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, it's like it's one of those things that is kind of cultural. I mean, years and years and years ago, it used to be done um, with the Pledge of Allegiance in the morning um, many, many years ago. And um, it's just something that has been, been known. And it's in a response to where the disciples said to Jesus, his, his closest friends, um, they were good uh, Jewish boys. So they all knew how to pray. They all had to get our mitzvot. So they that's part of the process. They knew the Baruch Atah Adonai, um, which was part of the the Jewish tradition to learn those prayers. So they knew how to pray. But there was something that, like like everything that Jesus did, there was something about the way he prayed that was different. It was passionate. It was intimate. It wasn't just this kind of like distant prayer. And so they went to Jesus and said, can you teach us to pray? And Jesus gave uh, the saying that went, Our our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And, you know, it's how we know that. And he was giving us a model of prayer and teaching us some important things about prayer. Yet, as we tend to do, we go ahead and take something that's a model and we start to worship the model and we make it this rote kind of thing. So we took where Jesus was being asked by people to pull prayer out of this rote kind of methodical, no no interpersonal, relational connection. And so Jesus gave them this connection where he said, Daddy, and really uh, it's where he began, Abba, that's what it means. And he started this connection, and we've taken it and made it very methodical where we just rip it off and we don't even know what we're saying or doing in that. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to pull that back to a place where we can say, okay, let's analyze what Jesus said and let's go ahead and, and really try to find out, okay, what does that mean for us in these different areas? Um, we talked about adoration and worship, and a petition um, was part of that, these things that we put before God. And we're um, going through the, um, the different uh, stages here, and today we're going to talk about um, the kingdom, your kingdom come. And we're going to talk about what that absolutely what that means. And so what um, one of the things that we, we recognize is prayer is a very scary thing for many people. Um, and I showed the other week the video, and I will show some other ones about where he was talking about where, um, I, like I remember, I remember as a kid in Sunday school in youth group, where you would hold the hands, they say, let's hold hands, and the youth leader would go ahead and say, um, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to squeeze your hand, and you know, like the Creepy squeeze hand thing, um, and then if after you're done praying, you squeeze your hand, and we'll go around. And every time it happened in in a youth group, the leader would pray and squeeze the hand. It was like people were break dancing were around, and it was done. Um, so because prayer, what we've learned is even like only two percent of all Christians in the United States are comfortable with praying with another person, let alone out loud. And so, um, but the thing is, prayer is our one, it's, it's like being on the battlefield and it's our one communication. If we were on a battlefield and we were getting bombed every day and we were getting hit and shelled and we needed, we were in danger and we had a way to call out where we just say, I don't like speaking on, the, on that, I, you know, I'm just going to, I'll just deal with it. But that's what we do every time with prayer. And prayer is our communication, it's just talking with God. Now the thing is, um, prayer has a major impact. And I think that's one of the best things Satan's taught us is, that, is to tell us, well, you know, prayer prayer doesn't have that much of an impact. And so um, what we find is little prayer, little power, much prayer, much power. And when you pray, it has an incredible impact. And in the series, we're, that's why it's so important to know how to pray, as the disciples said. As I said, we looked at the holiness of God and our Father um, who art in heaven, hallowed or hallowed that holiness of of our Daddy? Um, give us today our daily bread. And Wes did a great job talking about that in petition. And today we're in Matthew chapter six, verse ten. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And we're going to talk a little bit more about your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit next week too. Today we're going to talk about um, this in a way, about uh, something called intercession. Um, And next week we're going to talk about unanswered prayers. Um, So we're going to look at this uh, statement from a couple of different ways. So how do we pray? How do we intercede and ask God? Well, we ask God, what Jesus tells us is that the kingdom would come. What does that mean? And, And to be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's an illustration of someone. He's actually local. Um, He was involved many years with um, Eastern uh, College or Eastern University. Um, His name, uh, some of you may have heard him, uh, a man named Tony Campolo. Anybody ever heard of Tony Campolo? And um, he's got a great, if you ever hear one sermon, you got to hear it's Friday but Sunday's a coming. It's one of the best um, sermons ever. And Tony Campolo was asked to speak at a Pentecostal college. And he told this story. Before the service, eight men had, uh, had pulled Tony in. They said, we want to pray with you. So they had him kneel down and place their hands on him. And Tony's uh, a really funny guy too. And he said they gathered around him in a circle. So here's Tony Campolo. He's, he's knelt down. And these eight men have their hands on him. And, um, and they're beginning to pray for him. And... Uh, Tony said he was really, he writes, he said, I was really glad to have the prayer, but each of them prayed for a very, very long time. So here he is on his knees, been, you know, in prayer, and these eight hands, if not more, maybe 16, are laid on him, and they're on his head, and they're praying a long, long time. And the longer they prayed, the more they pushed down on Tony's head. Um, and so uh, Tony said it seemed that some people even seemed to wander in their prayers. Anybody ever had somebody who used, they just kind of go and they're talking about pe- people and things and, and critters and all kinds of stuff that you never know? And he said one of the guys didn't even pray for him, um, which that's why he was there, but he was pushing on his head. And he said he prayed for some other guy. And um, he, yeah, he said he was... He was concerned. He began to pray, and he said his prayer went like this. Dear Lord, you know Charlie Stolzfus. He lives in that silver trailer down there, down the uh, road a mile. You know the trailer, Lord, just down the road. Meanwhile, he's pushing on Tony's head. And Tony said, I wanted to up and say, God knows where the guy lives. Um, <laughs> but he just knelt there, and he kept... His, the guy kept his hand on his head and he was just trying to keep his head upright he said um, the prayer went on and on and this guy kept praying he said Lord Charlie told me this morning that he was going to leave his wife and three kids um, step in and do something and bring that family back together and and, and meanwhile a, a uh, you know, Tony Kempel is pushing up and he's like yeah please do something God and end this prayer um, but with that the prayer time finally ended and Tony went to preach at the college and it went really well and um and so after, after the service was over, he talked to people, he got in his car, and he began to head down the Pennsylvania highway, and he saw a hitchhiker who was there. And he said, you know, something just compelled him to pick this person up. And um, so Tony just picked the guy up, and he got in the car. And Tony said, after a while, Tony said, hi, my name is Tony Campola. What's yours? And the guy said, my name is Charlie Stolfus. <laughs> Campola said, I could not believe it. I got right off the highway the next exit and I headed back. You can imagine he was a little bit uneasy. Um, And after a few minutes he said, uh, hey, mister, where are you taking me? He said, I'm taking you home. His eyes narrowed and said, why? He said, because you just left your wife and your three kids. That blew him away and he scooted further over toward the window and he he looked at me and said, yeah, yeah, that's right. And he never took his eyes off of me as he was scrunched up against the window. And it really did him in as I drove right up to his silver trailer a mile down the road from the college. When I pulled up, his eyes bowled and said, how do you know that I live here? And he said, God told me. Um, When he got out and he opened the trailer door, His wife exclaimed, you're back, you're back. He whispered in his ear, and the more he talked, the bigger her eyes got. He said, I finally said with real authority, the two of you better sit down. I'm going to talk to you, and both of you are really going to listen. Man, did they listen. And he said, and that afternoon, I led those two young people to a relationship with Christ. It's an amazing story, isn't it? Absolutely amazing story of the power of prayer, specifically looking at intercessory prayer. A prayer that was heavy on Tony's head, literally, and he couldn't wait for it to be over was something that God used to bring people to him and to heal a marriage and a family. When we pray, it has a tremendous impact. And in your life, intercessory prayer has prayer as an impact for so many other people. When you pray as an impact in lives, in marriages, and families, in the community, in the nation, in the world, and we must pray. We have to pray. It's too important not to. And so in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, the disciples ask Jesus this, you know, and say, How do we pray like you pray? And Jesus specifically says, pray and ask your heavenly father that his kingdom will come and that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first thing I want to talk about today is that intercessory prayer, in intercessory prayer, it makes major impact or major impacts, whatever way you want to say that. When we talk about intercessory prayer, prayer or intercession. It's kind of like a buzzword in Christianity. It sounds kind of real intense, doesn't it? Um, inter- intercessory. Um, there is a is a book that's called A Passion for Prayer written by a man named Tom Eliff. And he describes what intercession means. He says, intercession is by nature where an ind- individual positions themselves between two parties. One with a need and one with the answer and seeks to bring the two parties together. So in intercessory prayer what we're doing Someone has a need, and God has the answer. And for some reason, they may not be connecting, and that's our job to connect those things together. Maybe they just are are mad or hurt or upset, and they don't want to talk to God. Um, Maybe they don't know God at all, but God has the answer, and we are standing in the gap for them and interceding on behalf of someone. They're not going to um, ask somebody else to stand in the gap for them and so we intercede on someone's behalf. Um, maybe you've experienced this in your own life. Maybe you've prayed for someone. And maybe you've experienced the answer to a prayer on behalf of someone else. I was at, at numerous times where I remember praying, going to um, to pray with, some, with a group for something. And somebody I didn't even know, uh, God just said to me, hey... Um, I want to pray for you because so and so and the person just breaks in tears because God gave something for that to pray at that moment Um, it's if you've ever prayed for somebody and and you've prayed for them what they you know for something that they need and their desire more than than um, than you even know more than they know and when you you pray and you pray and you intercede on someone's behalf and when that is answered it's thrilling and it's exciting when you when you see that where God just shows up in amazing powerful ways um, the power of prayer truly has an impact on our lives and here's here's my truth moment at least for today uh, starting off I' don't understand the fullness of God. I, I don't understand the, the hem of God's garment. Um, I don't understand the fullness of prayer. I don't even understand why, you know, why God requires it and why God desires it. I mean, sometime, if, if I was God, I wouldn't want to talk to many people in this world. Um, but God wants to have that discussion and relationship with us. But um, the one thing that I, I have always known, that no matter what's going around, is I do know that God is faithful. And when we pray, things happen. Things happen. They don't always happen the way we want them to. And that's why we're going to spend some time next week talking about unanswered prayer. Um, but they, they don't always work out our way. And you know why? Because we aren't God. And everybody should be very thankful right now that Jack Cohen is not God. Because this, I mean, some things would be better, but some, some people wouldn't be here, I'm just telling you. Um <laughs> But when you try to get your um, head around it, and I've tried in my, in my life, um, I can't. But I am still learning how prayer works. And to be honest, I, I will never fully understand. But there's something about prayer that is powerful. So if God is sovereign, if God is in control, if God is, is the ruler of all, if God can do anything and oversees the whole world, then do we got to ask this question, does prayer really matter anyway? And God got going to do what God does anyway. Um, but time and time again throughout the Bible, we are given an example that there are people who go to God in prayer and God is moved by that request. Um, and so I'm going to give you a couple of those examples in the Bible and then we're going to um, talk about some other stuff. And then um, I'm going to give you kind of a little, uh, little thing about what the kingdom of God is like. And then we're going to pray and uh, wrap it up for today. Okay. Okay. Um, Anybody ever heard a guy named Moses? Moses uh, had to deal with millions of, of really incredibly horrible people at times. Um, and God brought the Israelite people out of Egypt. God was with them. He was their God, and he was using Moses as their leader. They journeyed through the desert, and um, you know that men were leading them because a four-day journey took 40 years. All right? They didn't stop and ask for directions, um, and there was no GPS. Um, but... Uh, what ended up happening, they went to, they reached to the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. And they got there. And when they got there, we talked about this a little bit, um, Moses went up on the mountain. And he was up there for some time. Now, while he was up there, the people got restless. You know, like if you leave your kids home alone for a while, you're going to have a different house when you come home. Um, and that's what happened. And they began to take all their jewelry. They gave it to Moses' brother Aaron. He melted it down. They, and it became this golden calf, and they began to worship it, and revelry, and all kinds of other stuff. And they decided, decided basically what they decided is, Moses is gone, he may be dead, um, and forget God, he brought us out here to die, so we are going to make an image, a golden calf, and that will be our God. And, you know, we, we beat them up and think that's really stupid, but how many times, totally other sermon, but how many times do we create stuff to be our own gods? Uh, time and time again. And so, um, but that's what they were doing. And Moses is still up there on the mountain. And God, because God sees everything, is not happy. So God's been up there with Moses. He's given him the Ten Commandments. Um, Anybody who is a history of the world person, Mel Brooks, the 15, 10, okay, um, look at it. You'll you'll understand. Um, But God sees this and he is heartbroken. He's also ticked off just really, really not happy. And here's what God says to Moses. Now keep in mind, God called Moses to lead these people out. And now God is pretty upset. He says, I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are stiff-necked people. Then God says to Moses, now leave me alone. So that, I may, so that my anger may burn against them, and that I may destroy them, that I will make you, but I will make you a good na- a great nation. Uh, I, you know, with what Moses dealt with, I'd be like, "Yeah, God, about time," you know, because they were difficult. And 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 you know, I can see that in Moses saying, and God had called them out. God said, "I am going to wipe these suckers, these ungrateful suckers up, because they are just. They, no matter what I do, it's not enough." But Moses, and look what Moses says. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. And he said, Lord, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. And then, then I love this. Now, God didn't forget. I think God was seeing where Moses was. And he says this. He says, he says, hey, God, remember your servant Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, which is Jacob, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. And I will give your descendants all the land I promised them. And it will be their inheritance forever. Moses is interceding for the people down there. And look what God says. Then the Lord relented and did not bring his people to disaster that he threatened. Isn't that interesting? Now, was, did Moses like change God's mind by like some Moses Jedi mind trick? No, not at all. God is abounding in love for his people. But Moses was the one who was in a leadership role, and they had, and and by their sin, they deserved to be wiped off the face of the earth, just like you and I do. But Moses was the intercessor, said, whoa, 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 God, don't do that. Don't do that. We have an intercessor, his name is Jesus, who died on a cross for you and me, who said that anytime Jack is doing something, he says, I'm going to get him. He says, no, 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 no. No, no. Look, I, I took care of that. And just remember, He loves me, and I've paid for that price. This same thing happened again In we can go back even further. Abraham, uh, he's near the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and it was an abomination to God. Nothing was holy, and God has had enough. And God's going to wipe them off the face of the earth. And Abraham goes and to a holy, righteous, and Almighty God, and he, he basically says to Him, He says, "Hey, hey God." Um, Hey, um, if I find 50 righteous people, will you not wipe them out? God said, okay, for 50, I'll spare them. He goes back to God and says, "Uh, hey, hey God, um, if I can find 45... And God says, okay, okay, 45, no problem, I won't wipe them out. He goes on this again, what about 40, what about 30, what about 20? And each time God says, okay, no problem. And he finally gets down. He says, okay, God, I, I think he fa- realized he's pressing his luck, knowing Sodom and Gomorrah and thinking, I'm not going to be able to find 10. Um, uh, so he goes, if I find 10 righteous, 10 righteous God, will you not wipe them out? And God said, if there's 10, I won't. What is he, what's going on here? Abraham was interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. He was interceding for his people who had nothing to do with God, had no care about God, but out of his love for them, Abraham prayed what they needed, that is intercession. And God is listening. It, and one of the things I love about this is if you read about Abraham, if you read about Moses, they're not superhuman. They are regular people who screwed up a lot. And that's good to know that they're ordinary people because guess what? Look around you. You are not, you don't need to be Moses because you're you. And you are somebody who is is ordinary that you can have a relationship with God that you can intercede on behalf of other people. You don't need to be in a special place in the Middle East. You can literally um, wake up, be at work, drive down the road, or whatever you may, may do. You can intercede through prayer on behalf of someone. You can do it at a workplace, at a school, at a college, or at a neighborhood, or, um, you know, at home, or uh, while you're cutting grass or, or whatever for your family or anybody else. Why? Why would we even do that? Because it has an impact. And that's why we need to pray. And we need to intercede. Ian Bounds, an an old evangelist, he wrote a ton on prayer. He wrote 11 books and nine of them focused on the subject of prayer. And they're big books. And he says this. He said, God shapes the world by prayer. God shapes the world by prayer. The more praying there is in the world, the better the world will be, the mightier the, uh, the forces against evil. The prayers of God's saints are the capital stock of heaven by which God carries on his great work upon the earth. If God is sovereign, if he's almighty, do these prayers have an impact? The answer is yes. And I I found it interesting in studying this that in the book of Genesis, we know that God created the heavens and the earth. And then he created humans. And in that, he gives humans a responsibility. And that responsibility is to cultivate and subdue the earth. That's what we're, we're called to do. In other words, look after the earth. God doesn't force us to do anything. God gives us a responsibility. God says, hey. And then in that, he says, hey, by the way, I'm always here if you just need me to, to talk to me and need to ask about what you should do in this case. But I'm giving you the responsibility of that. You can talk to me, ask me anything. He doesn't. I think it's awesome he doesn't tell us how to do that. But he just says, here's your responsibility, I'm here. I want you to be free, but, I, but if you ever need me, I'm here. He, he gives this to us later when he says, hey, I will never leave you or forsake you, but if there's anything you need, just ask if you need something and and if you need me to intervene in the situation. And so if you need God to to intervene in your workplace, your family, your school, your relationships, or whether you need God to intervene in your own uh, mental, physical, or emotional struggle, whatever you're doing, if, if somebody around you in your life in any of those areas you need them to intervene, go to God with it. But God, the cool thing about this is that God ultimately gives you and me the responsibility for earth and says, just call on me if you need me. And when we pray, we recognize God is absolutely there. You know, I've, I've worked for several people, done several jobs over the years. I've had good bosses and bad bosses. Anybody, anybody been there? Um, and I can tell you the worst bosses I ever had were the ones who were control freaks. Anybody know what i 'm talking about? They controlled absolutely everything that you were supposed to have a responsibility of a job, but they told you how to do every single aspect of it anybody know what i 'm talking about there and, and it 's stressful and you don 't do it like them and it 's wrong. And you have this frustration that things happen happen here so really you don 't have the responsibility in many cases many times. They take they take your responsibility, bring that on to them, and say you do it. You, many of you might have been um, part of pastors. That pastors have to have their hand in every single thing in, the, in in the church, and they recognize and they think that they are the body of Christ. Um, and for me, I've never been that way. When I was at uh, a church um, of well over a thousand members and stuff, they would uh, they had they they loved to meet, like just just love every the, the previous pastor loved to meet. Like every day, like tons. I hate meetings. I mean, um, but they just wanted to meet, and it was like about meeting about nothing. So what I did is I said, hey, you know what? You all have gifts and graces, so what we're going to do, we're going to have meeting night. And I said, on meeting night, everybody's going to meet on those nights, and you who are on the leadership of the, the, um, the administrative council or the leadership board, what you're going to do is you're going to head up those meetings, I'm going to float around. Then afterwards, we're going to have like uh, half an hour to an hour, kind of like, hey, anything we need to know before um, we go into leadership in, in this month. And and then we're going to talk about it. But I'm giving you the responsibility because that's where God's called you. And you would not have believed the opposition at first. Some people were like, oh, my gosh, the pastor's not going to sit here in whatever it was. And I was like, no, he's not because he hates that. You know, um, and... Um, and what, what happened was, I saw people grow and I saw ministries flourish and I saw an inner connection that happened there because people had responsibility that God had called them to. And that's happened time and time again. I loved having bosses in my life that were those that, when I could, that, that were like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Uh, you got that. Go ahead and do it. If you need me, the door is always open. And when you come in there, you could go do it to seek advice and they would bounce stuff off of them in, in another way. That's how I've been when I've been in positions as a boss. I'm like, hey, here's your job. Here's what you want to do. I don't want to hear about you because I'm hearing about you and it's not good. That causes problems for me. Um, I want you to use your gifts and everything to do what you need to do. And, and I've, been, I've been blessed by that in so many times. And when we have that opportunity to go and seek advice and to get help from somebody in that realm, but we have the responsibility for it, when that is accomplished, there's something that, that, that moves in us when we see that happen. And in an even greater way, God's given us a responsibility over the earth to subdue and cultivate it. But God says, you do it, but if you need me, cry out to me and call upon me and I'll intervene. Does prayer have an impact? Yes, it absolutely does. And our heavenly Father is so relational; He loves you, and He's just there for you, and He just wants you to cry out. I, I, I give this the best example, um, this, this kind of example that I've been sharing with how I've raised my kids, and. Um, and one of the things is, uh, you know, when my kids were younger, we had to do everything. You know, we had to, to do those responsibilities. I always love when they, when they, you know, like when your kids first get to an age and then they start picking out their own clothes and nothing matches. And everybody always puts their shoes on backwards, uh, you know, in that way. Um, and, and those kind of things. But, um, but there, there's, there's a time, like Jacob will be 24, I think, right? Um, 24. And I don't pick out his clothes for him. I don't dress him. Uh, I don't do those things anymore um, because he can. Uh, you know what I mean. I'm not helping him in life if I'm doing those kind of things. He has the responsibility for um, for many things. Now, there's things I've I've done that uh, you know. If they need dad, he's there always. Emiguel's um, married, but uh, you know. And, and if they, I, I remember like calling Melissa's dad several times about like homeowner stuff. Uh, you know, anybody remember when you're first a homeowner? Remember those days you had no clue? And you know, they sat you down and you signed some big number and you didn't know what. And you're like, all right, 30 years and that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, like I remember, um, I remember when, they, when they first moved into their place, they were going to change the locks and stuff and they didn't know how to do that. I did. You know why? Because Melissa's dad came over and dealt with my ridiculous questions and my helping. And he taught me. And then I, in turn, teach them. And i like, I said, hey, I'm doing this other door. You got the next one. You know, anybody have that experience in your life where you have those things? We do that because it it, it has us grow and has us learn. Because guess what, dad is not always going to be around, but while I am, I'm just a phone call away. And our heavenly Father is always there. He's relational. He's always there for us. And one of the greatest things that happened in our in our family in the last uh, several months um, is Jacob's car died. All right, um, and that's not the great part of it. The car died, and he told me, and I said awesome. Cause like just a couple months ago, his tire blew up and it was like, had no tread on it. I'm like, Jacob, come on. You know, I'm doing like the dad thing. You don't look at your tires, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and, um, and so in this process, he went ahead and be, I said, well, what are you thinking of? And he began to talk about like, he wanted something that was good on gas mileage and he wanted this and that kind of stuff. And, and as he did that, then he, he started to get on Carvana and then dad started to look at Cars.com and stuff. And I said, hey, I found some of these things. And he said, okay. And, um, and then he started to look more and more. He said, I, I really like this one. And I said, well, you're going to need a loan. And, um, and uh, he even got, he even found a way to freely get his old car towed to the mechanic for free. That's a good Cohen. You know what I mean. I mean, that's a good one. Um, and um, and so he got that. He he, he got that. And then um, I said, you're going to need a loan. So he ends up calling my brother-in-law, who who is a sales manager in in a car dealership. And he told him something. And then he filled out all the paperwork and talked to the, the bank and um, went and, you know got got uh, Melissa to co-sign uh, and all that kind of good stuff. And I didn't hear anything about it at all until hey, it's supposed to be coming on such and so a day. And then when it came. And they brought it to the house. He's like, hey, you want to go for a ride with me? I said, sure. And we went through the ride, and I'm listening to this stuff. You know, you know like, even if you don't know what you're doing, you kind of listen, and you lift up the hood, and you act like you look, know what you're looking at. And, you know, that's what we do. It's dad's like, yeah, mm, sounds good to me. Um, uh, and so, um, but I stopped at a neighbor who knows about cars, and he's like, oh, sounds good, you know. Um, and, um, and then we drove home, and I said, good job, you know. The thing that was cool about that is dad had to do nothing. I mean, heck, my name's not even my name's not even on loan. That's Melissa's problem, um, you know. But I, I um, the the joy of that is, he who uh, a month, a couple months ago had a, a a you know spare little donut tire that had no air in it, um, did this whole process himself, and that is a responsibility, and that's what God has given us for this earth. But yet. Just like Jacob knows, dad's just a phone call away if he has a question. That's how God is with us in everything. Um, And so I I can't think about the times when I called my dad or or a mom or my in-laws at time and time again. God is always there. And if you need to talk to him, if, if you just need to talk to ask him to intervene or to do something, in your life, or in the lives of others, he's there. This is who our, our holy, uh, loving daddy is. Another amazing thing that I love about intercessory prayer is this. That I love the fact that God invites us into what's going on in the world. That God is like, hey, I want to know what you, what you think. And, I mean, if you've ever been in a position where you've literally interceded for somebody and prayed for them and and I'm going on behalf of someone. And then maybe a week later or a year later or five years later, that answer to prayer is there. It's just like, wow, that's awesome. And, and so my question is, do you know the excitement of having answered prayer for somebody else's life? For me, a lot of times, the answer to prayer for somebody else's life is more exciting than it is for my own life. And God invites us into this whole process. And we get to say, wow, God, you are literally amazing. I've had moments in my life where... Um, where I've just been going through something myself and then all of a sudden I would get a call or a card or um, like when I was at college and I was going through this like transitional weird time in my life and then all of a sudden I get a package from, a, some, from someone back at home, a uh, care package, and that would say something and I'd just say, wow, you know, it just told me that, that somebody was praying for me and somebody, I, I, am, I am completely, Jack Cohen is completely the product of intercessory prayer, that other people praying on my behalf, Cause they got me out of the Jonah here, the belly of the fish, vomited up on a beach somewhere, and got me cleaned up enough that God called me to do this. Um, and, and I'm I'm constantly in intercessory prayer. Me standing here today is intercessory prayer by you praying for me as I was going into surgery, while I was in surgery, and not knowing that the surgery that was going to be routine and take two hours had some complications and took four and a half hours. But you were praying. I'm w- wondering what was going on. Uh, the Wednesday prayer group called me the night before, and I was riding down the road and um, and said, can you pray? I said, sure, and, you know, they prayed for me. I didn't close my eyes, don't worry, um, but, um, but they prayed for me. And people were praying before that for me um, and interceding for me that whole time while Jack was like, you know, out, um, and not many of you knew the exact uh, pain and stuff that was going on in my life at that moment, but you were praying God knew, and God was very present in that moment. Time and time again we have this, because um, Prayer is extremely powerful. In Galatians chapter two, look what it says. It says here: it says, carry each other's burdens. You know, it doesn't say just carry each other's uh, great moments in life. It's great for births and birthdays and anniversaries and weddings and and celebrations. But we are to carry the stuff that is waiting for people. That means we carry when they have divorce. That means we carry when they have loss. That means we carry when they have mental illness. That means we carry with them as much as we can when they have um, when they have addiction issues. That means. We We labor with people in life. We we bear with each other's burdens. And the main way we can do that is by interceding and praying for one another. And it says, in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Prayer is powerful. It has an impact. Intercessory prayer does, and God invites us into it. And God says, ask me and see what what I can do. Prayer isn't about me getting God to say amen to what I want. Prayer is about me saying amen to God's will. I'm going to say that again because we need to hear that. But prayer is not about getting God to say amen to one-on-one. Like I say, hey, God, I really like this. And he does it and he amen. I'm like, yeah, there you go, God. Prayer is about me saying, God, your will, amen. That's what I want. So be it. That's what I want. One of the, like I was talking with Melissa the other day. And old preachers, like back in the day, um, back in like the uh, 1800, 1700, um, they all had better names than preachers now. I mean, I'm Jack Cohen. This guy's Smith Wigglesworth. Isn't that not a cool name? Um, Smith Wigglesworth, and he's an amazing guy. I mean, there's another person named Watchman Knee. I mean, that's you're like, his knee what? No, Watchman Knee, that's his name. Um, but um, Smith Wigglesworth is an amazing kind of guy, uh, said this about prayer. He said, God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. And, and that's, that's true with Scripture. Scripture says, you do not have because you do not ask. And you say, well, I've asked God for $3 million and he ain't given it to me. Yeah, because you asked for the wrong motives. That's the rest of that verse. We get so distracted in life. And our heavenly daddy, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, is longing for us to just ask him for things. We far too many times neglect prayer. But we can't afford to do that. And I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, as they say, because with my brain, like I told you, I, I just wander off at times in prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. So as we wrap up here today, what is the kingdom? What are we praying for? Because if we're saying, Lord, bring your kingdom, and we don't have a clue what it is, then we're kind of a failing here. So I'm going to give you seven things uh, very quickly that I believe that the kingdom of God is. And what we're here to pray for, for us, but also in intercessory for others. The kingdom of God is the reign of God. The king is God. Heaven is not a democracy. It's not. God is in control. His territory includes the whole cosmos. Um, he is, the kingdom of God has always been. And God has always been on the throne. So the question that you need to ask yourself is, is your life part of this kingdom? When you pray your kingdom come, what you're saying is, I am surrendering to the will of God in my life. I am saying amen to the will of God. That is there. The second thing is the kingdom of God is revealed through a person. His name is Jesus. In Jesus, the plan of God is shown personally. Jesus is our king who has come. He is here. On the cross, Jesus shed his blood for his people. Who are those people? All those who would call out on the name of the Lord and put their trust in him. On the resurrection... Jesus arose and the king inaugurated the resurrected kingdom. he said, it's starting. And we're just in the period of waiting till it comes to fruition. In the ascension, the king ascended. And here's the cool thing. We're told that he intercedes for us on behalf of the Father. So when Jack messes up today as soon as he leaves church and somebody cuts him off on the road, um, and he thinks or may even say something bad, that God... God's ready to like, let's get him. And he said, no, 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 no. Hey, paid the price. Okay? He's always interceding for us. Always interceding for us. And that's important. So when you pray your kingdom come, you're inviting Jesus to move into your life and the lives of others and to breathe his Holy Spirit into you and into them. You're praying basically for new life and eternal life. The kingdom of God comes from the inside out. So many people miss out on a relationship with God because you're looking for something out here. It doesn't start out here, it starts in here. In Luke 17, 21, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with, um, come with your careful observation. Nor will people say, Here it is, or There it is, because the kingdom of God is where? Within you. On the cross, Jesus, through his own sacrifice and resurrection, he died and rose again. After that happened, I gotta ask you a question. How has faith in Christ grown from a bunch of Galilean fishermen and tax collectors and other people, ragtag group that were hiding after His death? How's it grown to be a worldwide phenomenon that changed the world, from one person inside, one person to another person, from the inside out, then to a hundred, then to a million, and then you have a chorus all along the ages singing. It, eventually, it is over. The victory belongs to Jesus. Our God reigns. So when you pray your kingdom come, you are saying the same. Number four, the kingdom of God is a front line battle. I'm not going to talk much about this because we're going to get to that when we get to the evil evil one. But Ephesians chapter 6 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is a battle that you are in the midst of, and there is a battle for you. Satan is a defeated foe and just wants to take everybody down that he can. And the cool thing is Jesus is the bondage breaker. What we need to learn and embrace and love more than ever is the kingdom of God is so much greater than the kingdom of Satan or the kingdom of this world. When you pray your kingdom come, you are turning from the kingdoms of this world and running to God. Number five, the kingdom of God is missional. The mission of the kingdom of God is to save the world. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. That is the mission of God. And how does he save the world? He defeats Satan. So you are joining in this co-mission with God. Number six, the kingdom of God is relational. It comes through prayer and relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's not based on dogma. It's not based on this heavy-weighty religious stuff. The people I have the best relationships are the people that I talk with the most. Correct? The people I have the worst relationships are the people I don't talk to that much. If you don't have a good relationship with God, maybe you should start talking to him a little bit more. And you should start listening to him even more. When you pray the kingdom come, you are praying for faith to see what God is, uh, what is not yet happening and trusting God in that relational relationship you have. And number seven, the kingdom of God requires your response. The kingdom of God, yes, is, um, has come to change the world, but it won't happen unless he changes you and me first. The kingdom of God has to change me before I, I get God to change the world. And so when we pray your kingdom come, You're going to have to deal with Jesus one way or the other. You ever do something for people just because you love them? Like you ever attend something that somebody does just because you love them and you're like, I would not be here at all if I didn't love this person. Why did you do that? You did it because you love them and because they ask you. And if you love somebody that much, then God loves you so much more. God is so much more, so eager to do so much more than we ask, but we got to start there. So what we're going to do, we're going to go, we're going to get ready and and do this um, song worship thing in a bit, but we're also going to do a prayer thing, and time and time again, um, we got to recognize that prayer has an impact, and and you have an opportunity. I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of pray, and God is inviting here, can you grab this baking? Um God is inviting you um, to see and experience what he's doing in in life and in in the lives of others and so um there's a couple of things that I just want want you to um to do as we're here um, i mean how we're going to we're going to pray like we usually do, but I mean how can you talk about prayer and then not pray it's kind of like dumb um, uh and so um we're going to have that prayer. And, and and during that prayer, I mean, I you don't have to be verbal, but I mean, I don't want it to just be um, me praying and to get to the song and, and then move on. What I really want it to do is is I want you to, to take some time and, and think of some people and and to to begin to intercede for some some of them as well. And, um, and so what I want to do is I want to invite you to stand up right now, if you will. Um, I'm going to grab my guitar here and get myself ready. Um, and um, if, if prayer has an impact, then we have to pray. I mean, we can learn everything there is about prayer, but if we never do it, then it's no use. And so um, we, need, we need to pray. Uh, we need to use intercessory prayer. We need to pray for our, our cities and our states and our country and our world. We need to pray for our young people because um, they have stuff on them that I couldn't imagine dealing with uh, in life. Um, we need to pray for our families and the attack that occurs on families in our world and our lives. We need to pray for those who who struggle mentally, emotionally, physically. And, um, I mean, we're really good about praying for people when they have a physical ailment or when they're dealing with that. But how many people have we really prayed for that are dealing with a mental illness or a a mental health um, order? Like, see, we even call it mental illness. Like, we don't say that person has a physical illness. I mean, we have a different connotation about that. But let's just pray for somebody who struggles with, and and, and the numbers are astronomical The people that struggle with depression and suicide and other things. We need to pray for those who don't know the Lord. We need to step that up. So we must pray. There are so many distractions in our world that pull us um, away from intercessory prayer. Maybe you're here. Maybe you need to push aside some of those distractions right now. And maybe you spend so much time uh, asking God for the stuff that you have and complaining about the people around you rather than praying for the people around you. And then um, then helping God sort out what's what's there with you. So I'm going to ask you to put those distractions out so that we can press into a deeper level right now. So let's pray. God, right now, uh, we praise you. You are so awesome. You're an amazing God. Amazing, amazing God. Right now, God, I just want to pray for our society and our culture and for our families that are in our culture and society, and for relationships, good, bad, and broken. And God, uh, everybody here, I ask that you just join in, in praying to you to intercede right now for young people. That you give them a, a holy boldness that, that we, as these uh, seasoned Christians, will just be amazed by. Give them a, a strength in the midst of, uh, of times where, um, where they just want to stand up and out for you. For young people who are facing depression and anxiety and suicide, which is running rampant in our culture, it seems that Satan's having a field day. So God, we ask that you just reign your Holy Spirit on his field day. And we pray for you to intercede right now for these young people. For, for For the person, God, that we love and has taken a turn in life and is wayward or Where's the prodigal? And God, intervene in this moment. Right now, there's people who are lifting up in their heads right now, in their hearts. People who, who they were close to, people who they sat in this room with, people who they, they, they that, that may have been instrumental in, the, in them coming to you, and they've gone down another path. And so, God, right now, we pray for that person by name, and we're interceding for them that whatever they are right now, that, God, you would make a way in their life. So, God, intercede for them. We pray to a holy and righteous God, and we ask that you would break into their lives and draw them to you. And for those who don't know you, God, sometimes the, the people that are hardest to share uh, our, our love of you and our faith with are those people that we love the most, that are closest to us, and we just don't open up and share. Recognize that if you return today, God, that, that they wouldn't be with, with you in heaven, but they would be in hell. So, God, I pray for those names that are being lifted up, those who don't know you. And, God, I, I finally, I just pray for, for this church, not the building, but the people. I pray, God, that, you, that in, in our hearts you would awaken us and you would revive us. And, that God, that you may revive your church here and your church universal and awaken us in a way that eye has not seen and ear has not heard before. So right now, as everybody is here, here's your responsibility as each of us begin to cry out to God and to say, awaken in me, revive me, and awaken your church. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. At this time, we'll also receive our offering, and we pray God put a blessing on that. If you're visiting with us today, we don't expect you to give. We just thank your gift as being here today. and. Um, And we just pray that God will lead us. If you need and want to pray with somebody, they'll meet you up here. Let's worship. great week. We're going to touch on um, the rest of this next week when we talk about unanswered prayers. Say hi to somebody as you're heading out or bye or whatever and uh, enjoy.